I don't believe it's saturated either because you always have a unique perspective. I'll have someone come to me and say, well, there's already an ebook out or there's already a course about this. How do I go about creating this so that it's different? Well, it's from your point of view and that is what's going to make it different from everyone else. Welcome to the Become a Media Maven podcast. Today we are talking to Jenny Melrose. You may see Jenny around the internet. She is an expert in building blogs and building bloggers to be known as influencer entrepreneurs. And in this episode, she is going to talk about the steps she took to start and build her lifestyle blog to the point where she sold it and how you can do the same thing to be as successful as she is. Ever wonder how some people seem to get a ton of media coverage and you don't? Welcome to Become a Media Maven, where TV reporter, host, and news contributor Christina Nicholson shares years of media experience to help you get the media attention you and your business deserve. And now, to help you master your media coverage, Christina Nicholson. Thank you so much for having me, Christina. I'm so excited to chat with you. I'm excited to chat with you because you know everything influencer, entrepreneur. And those are like two big words into one. So tell me like what you define an influencer entrepreneur as and how you got involved in this industry. Absolutely. So an influencer entrepreneur is literally anyone that has a product service or business in general that uses their influence in order to serve people to then purchase their service and products. Um, A lot of times we think of influencers typically as what you see as Insta-famous on Instagram and the influencers that will push anything and everything without any authenticity. And an influencer entrepreneur is really about serving, but with the idea of still being able to be a business and to help grow their audience with that. And how did you get into this? Because you've been in it for a minute, Jenny. Yes, I um, have been in it for 11 years now at this point. I um, had a lifestyle blog that I started out with uh, 11 years ago called The Melrose Family, where I created quick and easy recipes and projects for busy parents. And the lifestyle site was pre-Pinterest, pre-Instagram. The only thing that existed then was Facebook. um, And Google Plus made its appearance and then, of course, has now disappeared. Um, So I very much had to figure out how to really get people to come and want to do my recipes and want to do my projects um, as online was really starting to grow and become more relevant. Um, Just last year, after having it for 10 years, I sold the site and now have been doing focusing all my efforts on helping others be able to really turn their influence into their business. Um, and have been focusing on my coaching business since then. Okay. I love this because you have actually done something that you are teaching because (laughs) as we both know, that can be rare, unfortunately in the online business world. So I love that. Okay. And I love this because I have a little side hustle. That's a lifestyle blog. I mean, it's, it doesn't get a lot of love. I'm not going to lie. I'm tied up with media maven. I'm tied up with podcast clout. So Christina all day is like maybe once a month we get something up there. Um, 
So, I mean, I would like to put more time in it to it because it is fun. It's just, you know, when you got other successful businesses, it's hard to, to put those on hold and focus on something else. So how did you, I guess you're going to kind of tell us how you grew the Melrose family lifestyle blog with your four step framework, correct? It's the same, same thing you did that you teach others. Yes, absolutely. Awesome. Yes. I want to hear all about this. Perfect. The four step framework is actually an acronym for PAC. Um, the P is for positioning, A is for authenticity, C is confidence, and K is kindness. Um, so if we start with positioning, it's really the idea of being able to understand who you are in the marketplace and how you're going to serve the audience that you want to serve, that you can solve a problem for. A lot of times people will say, oh, I'm going to have this great product and I'm just going to put it out there. The problem is they haven't gone back and said, okay, who is the audience and how am I solving this problem for them? And then building that relationship really starts off with the positioning of also adding in your personal branding, who you are as a person so that they can connect with you and feel like they trust you, they like you, they know you. And will open their wallets because of that. They know that you're going to be able to provide them with value and be able to help them with their problems that they have. I love that because I feel like that's where a lot of people struggle because A, they see other people um, being successful or appear to being successful online and they want to copy them and they really forget to I hate like be authentic, be yourself, but you know what I mean? Like they're afraid to put themselves out there because they're afraid of the haters and whatnot. Like they're, they're too concerned with appearing perfect that they, they don't just do it and be themselves and make mistakes for all to see. Um, and that probably is very helpful for people. And I think we're seeing that more now than ever before that like people like to see behind the scenes. They like to see your mistakes. They like to see you without makeup and this and that. Is that all part of, I mean, I guess there's probably some overlap with positioning and authenticity there, right? Yes. It definitely rolls right into each other because like you said, with authenticity, they do want to see the behind the scenes. If you're that home decor designer and you have the perfect white kitchen with the white couch, but yet you have three kids that climb all over everything and all they ever see is the perfect, the moms that also have those kids, those ages are not going to relate to you because all they see is how is that possible? If anything, they may come to resent you if you don't start showing the fact that, yes, you have these beautiful pictures, but, oh, wait, here's the real, what the kitchen looked like 20 minutes before I shot all these pictures with the toys everywhere and the food and the leftovers and whatever else it might be. Really showing who you are and standing behind your values is so important. And it's what really is going to draw people into you and give that opportunity to connect. So I will have clients that will come to me that, you know, I have a vegan food blogger in particular, I can right off the top of my head. And her thing is she's vegan, but she's vegan for different reasons than maybe someone else might be. Some want to do it for the animals while others are doing it because of health reasons. And for a long time, she felt shamed because hers were health reasons for her husband. And once she finally got to a point where she's like, I'm just going to tell my story. I'm going to say why we do it, how we do it, that's when everything just exploded. Um, Her audience started to grow tremendously on Instagram and not only in just numbers, 
but in engagement. The people that were direct messaging her and giving her their problems and how do I do this and my husband has this and where can this possibly, how can I make this work for my family that has different allergies or whatever else? Um, it really gave her a chance to have those connections and those conversations. And then it gave her an opportunity to figure out how can I better serve them with a product. So now she has put together PDFs and she's put together a course and she has a membership site that all solve their problems at different levels. So when you authentically really share the reasoning behind what you have created, it can often give people that opportunity to truly, truly connect with you. I love that example. That was super helpful. Do you find that people have trouble finding their one little angle that makes them different? Oftentimes, I will try to get people to give me their elevator pitch. What makes you unique? What makes you different? Um, and they do struggle. It's because they're often too close to it. One of the examples I have to actually give in my book is about a parenting blogger that also does budgeting. And she was saying to me, Jenny, I just can't figure out what makes you unique. I don't know the difference. And I kind of sat back and was like, okay, well, remind me again how many kids you have, I said to her. And she looked at me and she got kind kind of frustrated and Jenny you know I have nine kids you were one of the first ones I told that I was pregnant oh with the dear mm -hmm. lord and I just kind of sat back and I was like okay I said and again where do they go to school again and she again frustrated says to me you know I homeschool all my kids oh my gosh this woman is a saint yes and I sat back and just waited for her to connect the dots. And I'm a huge Friends fan. You know how Joey Tribbiani always has that look and takes him so long to get there? Yeah. That was her. And all of a sudden, she looked at me and she goes, oh, I'm a homeschooling mom of nine kids that budgeted and is able to give parenting advice. And I was like, yep. <laughs> That was exactly what makes you unique. It's often those kinds of things, things in your personal life, things that you've done in the past. I mean, Christina, for even for you, you were saying how you've done actual TV and worked on networks. Like that gives you a level of expertise that other people don't have the experience of. So I'm also a podcaster. I don't have that level of experience. I can't interview the way that you can. So that is what it uh, you often need to look at past experience what your life consists of as far as family what you've done any of that and then sometimes you can pull in um you know if you've gone viral or if you have a huge instagram account or what that looks like and it totally makes sense when you say people are too close to it to see what makes them different or unique because i deal with this in with clients when they are pitching the media I'm like, okay, what makes you unique? And they say something and it's like, okay, you and about a million other people. And they, they think like they're, they're so special. They're so different, but what they're telling you doesn't sound different. It's like they're having a problem communicating what's different. And they're also having a problem seeing what really is their difference because they want to focus on something else because you're right. They are so close to it. Or maybe they want to promote one thing and they're saying it in a different way or they're not focusing on, in my case, what's most newsworthy to actually get the coverage. And then maybe in your case, it's to build that audience and to engage that audience. So it is helpful having somebody like you in their corner to see a different perspective and see it from, you know, maybe a blog reader or an audience member or an Instagram follower, because 
you are going to pick up on those things that they're not going to. Yes. And honestly, it's as simple as asking the people in your life, what's the one word that comes to mind when you think of me? And that can often, you'll be surprised what people will say. And that is part of who you are and often should be what you what makes you unique. I had a client do this after hearing a podcast episode where I talked about this and she asked, and the one word that repeatedly came up was kind. Just everyone kept saying how kind she was. And she afterwards messaged me and she's like, Jenny, that was it's what ties it all together. She goes, I really emphasize that with my family and with our businesses about the kindness. And I was like, yes, this is how you need to just start talking about that piece. So yes, you're creating a recipe for your audience, but how do you tie in that kindness piece? Is it because you're making it, which oftentimes for her it was, you're making it for a neighbor that's sick or you're making it to bring it to church. Um, they actually had a mom and pop pizza shop where they started doing um, pizza every Thursday where people could nominate someone to get a free pizza. And it's now tied in as part of their business. And it's what people think of. It's their brand. So asking your just family and friends what they think of when they think of you can often be really eye opening and put it into perspective. You know what's funny about this? People have told me that my word is sassy, and I'm like, oh, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but I'll take it. <laughs> and then I've had people tell me, you should be a life coach. I'm like, a life coach? I'd be a terrible life coach. I just tell people, like, get the F over it and move on. And they're like, no, but that's good. Some people like that. And I'm like, no, no, no. Like, a lot of people hate that. So I guess that's me. I'm feisty and sassy. Um, but, but that's great advice. And that, honestly, the thing to remember with this, and the reason I think a lot of people will try to hide what makes them unique or talk about the issues that matter to them, whether um, they're a fashion blogger and they're talking about that they suffered with an eating disorder, is that they're concerned that they're going to repel certain people in their audience. And what we need to realize is we're not meant to attract every single person to be a client or to be an audience member. We're our voice is meant for certain people, and we're going to attract those and repel others. I talk fast. I move quick. And there's a lot of people who will say, yeah, you're too, you talk way too fast. I can't possibly work with you. And that's okay. They need to find the person that's right for them then. Um, and I think when we're okay with that, that's when we're able to really start to attract the right people. Mike Michalowicz has an amazing book. Um, and it's not his typical profit first book. It's actually called The Pumpkin Plan. And he really talks about this, about how ideally you're looking to find this pumpkin that isn't just every pumpkin that's out there, but that one gigantic award-winning pumpkin. And you want to create clients like that and audience members like that, that are going to talk about you because they love you, because you've done things for them. You've given that transformation. That's ideally what you want. Pat Flynn actually talked about this in his new book that came out um, last year as well. It's really about you don't need a million followers. You just need a thousand followers that are loyal and are going to engage with you. Perfect. And I will link to Pumpkin Plan and Super Fans in the show notes. Jenny, also going to link to your book. What is the title of your book? Influencer Entrepreneurs. Well, that's fitting, isn't it? That's we will link to that in the show notes. And I feel like this, this step we're talking about right now, 
kind of leads into the, the third step, which is confidence. And it's more so like, don't be afraid if some people don't like you. Don't be afraid to have haters because that actually means you're doing something right and you're successful, right? And to acknowledge that and to be okay with that, you probably have to have a little bit of confidence. Yes. Absolutely. And I think a lot of people assume that everyone is born with confidence when really it's something that it's like a muscle. You have to use it. And oftentimes in the book, I actually have a section called fake it until you make it. And a lot of people will kind of push back when they see that whole fake it part. But it's really not. It's about you don't have the experience yet. And the only way to get that experience is to fake the confidence that you may not have so that you can build that confidence to get to that point and feel comfortable and confident when you're out there. Um, Part of being confident is also having thick skin. You have to be able to take a no and be okay with it. Um, Law of averages is one out of every 10 people are going to say yes to you. That means that if we're talking about 100 people, you have to hear 90 no's before someone is going to say yes. And I know with PR, it's the same thing. You reach out to media agencies and it's just a numbers game. Continuing to be okay, just send the emails and do your follow up. But not to take it personal if someone says no, because it's often not even a no forever. It's a no for not for just right now. Yeah. And I definitely grew my thick skin when I was working in TV years and years ago, because nobody likes quote unquote the media. And you get a lot of stuff from people when you're out and about with a camera and a microphone, and it's not always nice. And even just the emails and the messages from viewers about your hair and your outfit and the way you look, especially if you're a female on TV, like it's over the top. So you definitely need a thick skin. And if you are going to be, I mean, you work with, with bloggers and people who are building their brands online, like you have to have a thick skin. You have to prepare yourself. Like if you're going to put yourself out there, you have to be prepared for all of the crazy. And there are crazy trolls that come for you. Yes. No, 100% true. And I think, honestly, the ones that are successful, the clients that I work with that have seen great things are the ones that took a couple hits from trolls, but knew how to just ignore it and move on or address it and move on. The ones that took it personally and took hours out of their day instead of focusing on the next project or the next content they needed to get out are the ones that kind of hit that stumbling block and don't continue to move on. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, if you're going to be that person, you have to be in a profession where it's private and nobody sees you and nobody knows what you're doing because no matter what you do, somebody's going to have an opinion and everybody today is waking up just waiting to be offended by something and tell you about it. So it is, it is definitely a mindset. And like you said, it is a muscle that you have to use. So it's so good that, that you work with your clients on that. And then the last one is kindness. Speaking of the trolls, (laughs) something they need some practice on. I mean, kindness, that just sounds, you know, like the golden rule, everybody should have it no matter what, but why is this a part of your four step framework? When I first started to outline the book, it wasn't included. And then I kind of went back and looked at it and was like, I'm missing something. And it was, it was the kindness piece because not only do we need to, the biggest thing is when a troll interacts with you or someone, you know, you get a customer service complaint or you have a client that comes back and isn't happy. When you are kind in the way that you approach them, it kind of 
takes off the edge that they may be feeling. And it's going to give them a chance to sit back and say, okay, wait, wait a second. She's not being defensive. Let me be a little bit more self, uh, actually centered and not going off the handle here. Um, so that kindness piece is important with what, who you're dealing with because it is like that ripple effect. You know, we think about those stories about Starbucks, how someone pays for someone's um, coffee behind them and then it continues on. That's what we want. That's what we want when we're interacting online. And it, more and more now, um, even prior to the, the book being written, it's become more important and relevant than ever before because we are hidden behind our keyboards and we think that we can just say whatever we want to say without any sort of thought or repercussions for what we're going to say. And it, it can affect people. Now, with that, kindness not only towards your audience, towards the people, clients that you're working with, but kindness to yourself. Um, I think that this, through COVID, has become even more apparent that we need to be doing this for ourselves and just give ourselves a little bit of grace. I've had so many clients come to me and say, Jenny, I'm just all over the place. I'm not getting done the things that I thought I was going to be able to get done. My projects, my thoughts are wavering. And I sit back and I say to them, this is our like historic event in history. This is our Great Depression and World War II. Like people then didn't know how to react and continue on every day. I mean, many of my clients have children and while school was in, they were running their businesses while teaching their kids via Zoom and mini lessons. And it's a lot. And we just have to be able to say, I'm okay with where I'm at. I'm going to adjust my goals so that I can continue to move forward and have the space when I can get it. And you got to be able to really self-reflect and listen to yourself. What am I feeling? Are you exhausted? You need to take the time to stop because if you're all over the place and not getting anything done, you're just wasting that time. Wait until you're a little bit more centered and you're focused on what you're going to get out there. It's going to take probably half the time it would have if you tried to muddle through it while you're exhausted. I think that's great advice. And going back to the online portion of being kind, I think a lot of people tend to forget that there is no tone in text. So if I'm having a bad day or if I'm feeling defensive and I read something, I'm going to read it in a different way than if I would if I were happy and having a good day and in a good mood. And you can't read sarcasm in text. And I am very straight to the point. I'm very blunt. And sometimes in emails or um, in posts or in retweet, whatever it is, um, I could appear like I'm being rude um, just because, you know, I, I just say it the way it is. Yes. Um, so I'm, that's just something that I'm mindful of. And uh, those emojis will really save you with the tone thing too. Like throw an emoji in there to lighten the mood or to let people know how you're feeling. Because I guess there's a little tone in an emoji. But um, it's, it's a tricky thing because so many people like just go to a comment, pick a comment section, people, and you will see people lose their marbles. They, they read tone that may or may not exist. They take things to another level. And it's just like, it is next level. So when we're talking about kindness, like it sounds just like very cliche, but when you really go deep into it, especially talking about online business, like there's a lot. And then being kind to yourself, you know, like we put a lot of pressure on ourselves when we 
set these high expectations. And like you said, you know, some of us are doing it all from home with a lot of kids and everything else. Yes, no, absolutely. And I think the crazy part about watching the comment section and the part that hurts me as a woman is that it's normally women bashing each other. A hundred percent. It's terrible. And I think if we would just take the time to try to lift each other up and understand that, like you said, there are certain circumstances that may have put them to answer the way that they've answered or to say the thing that they said and just try to, you know, I saw someone the other day just put, just walk away from your computer for 30 minutes before you comment. And then if you come back and you still feel the way that you do, fine, type it, but walk away. Walk away at first before you say something. Give yourself a chance to calm down and to think about how you're going to articulate it. And like you said, self-reflect if you know yourself. I'm the same way. I'm very straight to the point, Being having been in New York for so many years, that it can, it can come, kind of come off cold or um, <laughs> right to the point. So knowing that about yourself and like you said, being mindful about it is so important. You can just... We want to make it a better place, not more stress and chaos. I love that. So true. Okay. One final question. Mm -hmm. You started back in the day with um, your Melrose Family Lifestyle blog. Pre-Pinterest, like we were on Google Plus trying to get traffic, doing all of those things. And you're teaching people this industry now. Very different from when you started and when you grew. What is different now? I mean, I feel like, and correct me if I'm wrong, you're the expert in this industry. People now, they have to work harder and they have to work smarter because there's a lot more competition. So what do people need to keep in mind now if they just want to start right now, right? It's like somebody wanting to create like a new Starbucks. They're like, oh no, I can't. So saturated, right? That's what everybody says. It's oversaturated. Um, I don't believe that. I don't believe anything is oversaturated. But what do you say to those people? I mean, you do have to work a little harder. You do have to work a little smarter. What are some um, some tangible, strategic things that people could do if they want to take their lifestyle blog to the next level? I would say the first thing is find your voice. Find that positioning because even though there are how many food blogs out there, the ones that stand out are the ones that have the voice. Even though there's so many DIY, home decor, it's the same thing. If the, you have a voice, that is why, it, like you also said, I don't believe it's saturated either because you always have a unique perspective. I'll have someone come to me and say, well, there's already an ebook out or there's already a course about this. How do I go about creating this so that it's different? Well, it's from your point of view. And that is what's going to make it different from everyone else. I would also say is that definitely it is the biggest difference, I think, from back then and now is we focused a lot on followers. And we all know that that's not what matters. It's the engagement. It is getting to really know your audience and building that tribe of people. And when people actually start to do that, businesses start to grow that tribe of people that are part of their community, that's when things start to take off. That's when they're able to figure out this is the right product, this is the right service to offer because they're talking to their people and knowing what their problems are. And the only other thing that I would say is that a huge difference is there was no information out there back then. 
we didn't know about SEO. We didn't have any strategies with Pinterest. It was just coming out. They had no idea how they were going to use it. The algorithms are different. There is a ton of information out there now, which could be a negative as well as a positive because of course we can all get stuck down a rabbit hole. I would recommend find someone that you trust, that you feel like you connect with when you listen to their podcast or when you read their content and see who they suggest. So if you're looking for someone to talk Facebook ads and that person doesn't normally talk about Facebook ads, see who they've had on as a guest to talk about Facebook ads because they obviously have some sort of relationship with them or feel like they're knowledgeable and you want to go with resources that are knowledgeable because like you said in the very beginning, there are plenty of people out there pretending that they have done this and teaching things and they haven't done a lick of it. Mm-hmm. For sure. And something else that kind of um, goes back to positioning, it sounds like building a personal brand. And we know now more than ever, that's regardless of what you do, whether you're an online business or not, building a personal brand makes a huge difference in your success. And that's the whole reason I started Podcast Cloud to help people build a pitch list of relevant podcasts to get on as a guest. Because I mean, Jenny, you know, the power of not only having your own podcast, but being a guest on other podcasts, that is how you get people to know, like, and trust you in 30 minutes. It is huge for your business. So I love that. Um, and it's, you are the go-to person for help. If people are looking for help in becoming an influencer entrepreneur. So tell people, um, where they can find your podcast. We already have your book in the show notes. Tell us, uh, where we can find your podcast and where we can um, find out more if we want to work with you. Perfect. I'm I'm on all of your favorite podcasting apps. It is Influencer Entrepreneurs. We've stayed really consistent with the branding on that. (laughs) Which is so good. (laughs) And then my Instagram, which is where I'm most active. I really, truly believe in connecting with people via DM there. So if you have questions, I'm happy to answer them. Um, My Instagram is at Jenny underscore Melrose. Um, and I am constantly on stories. It's one of my favorite platforms actually right now to engage with. If you're trying to figure out your people, I would highly recommend trying to figure out Instagram stories and how to use all of the features to your benefit. Love that. And then what does working with you look like? Like, what do you, I mean, do you, do you sell different packages? What do those look like? What do you help people with, um, specifically, you know, share a little bit of that. Yes. Um, I have multiple courses being a former teacher. I <laughs> have no problem putting together a course and a program um, on all different topics. I'm best known in the blogging world as the girl who teaches how to pitch actual brands for sponsored content. Um, Ooh, my- I love that. That'll be a next podcast episode with you. We'll have you back to talk about that. I would love it. My signature course is Pitch Perfect Pro. Um, And then I also have a membership site and do coaching one-on-one with clients with different packages and also do facilitated masterminds. I really, being that former teacher, try to meet people at their needs, um, time-wise and budget-wise, and as far as what they're looking to do with their business, normally working with clients that are looking to scale. Perfect. And where can people find you? What is your website? It's JennyMelrose.com. Awesome. All of that will be in the show notes. Thank you so much, Jenny. Thank you so much for having me, Christina. I appreciate it.
Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't already, make sure you tap that subscribe button and leave me an honest rating or review. Remember, you can check out all of those resources that we mentioned in the show notes at becomeamediamaven.com.